0: The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Liberty Action Alert with Greg Seltz. Sponsored by our friends at the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty here in Washington, D.C. A program that cuts through the chaos and confusion in the culture today by talking to kingdom citizenship, bold biblical principles for a robust public Christian life. And now your host... Dr. Greg Seltz. Good day, good day, Washington, D.C., and friends of the program all across the country. I'm Greg Seltz. Welcome to Liberty Action Alert. Today it is Easter, Sunday it's Easter week. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. What a day! Uh, What a message. You know, for Christians, uh, this is what Christmas is all about because Christmas was about God entering the world to save it on his terms. So the Bible says that the father sent his son and his son is God in the flesh that's come not only to save you and me, but to save the whole world. And that's why we call him savior. That's why we call him the, the Messiah, the chosen one, the sacrificial lamb, which should blow your mind. Why? Why is God? actually becoming the sacrificial lamb and taking upon himself our sins on a cross. I mean, gods don't do that. Superheroes don't do that. But the God who saves you does. While we were yet sinners, the Bible says, Christ died for us. And when he died, that was the victory. Our sins were vanquished. And when he rose again, our eternal life was assured. So again, when we look at this, um, he's he's the sacrificial lamb, but he is the resurrected lamb lord and so his life his mercy his forgiveness his freedom all that is it can be ours as a gift by grace through faith in him and so for christians that's the enduring liberty that's the first liberty that's the first and ultimate freedom and uh that's the one that that no country can take away from you but thank goodness Our country has preserved the freedom to proclaim that freedoms for all to hear. Which is what's funny right now, because one of the big issues is that there are people attacking the First Amendment for us to be able to proclaim this, and they're also attacking the relevancy of the Christian message like never before. And and I find that amazing, because a, a lot of the misery that we're in right now, comes from the libertine god is dead movement of the 60s the sexual promiscuity movement the love the one you're with movement the materialistic movement all these are anti-christian movements and then the one that that is really gripping our country because our kids believe it is the secular statist movement where they promise that they're going to make sure everything comes out to an equitable end well folks That equitable end will always be uh, an equitable end of misery uh, because that's the tyranny. That's the foundation for tyranny, not freedom. You know, I just was thinking about this, all the stuff that's been hoisted on our culture from the sexual promiscuity movement. You know, now we're teaching our kids to go down this sexual identity rabbit hole. And and, and whether it's STDs or broken relationships, boys and girls are at war with each other. They don't even know how to talk to each other. And they both want to dehumanize the other and hope that they'll get their needs met. It's just crazy. And then when we have these ridiculously intimate relationships with people we don't even know, and it breaks us all down, uh, then if we have a child, we treat it like a disease now, and we want to abort it, and we've got 64 million uh, children aborted uh, since 73. It's crazy. Then comes the materialist. And by the way, the materialist is built on Darwinian secularity. And folks... I mean just think about it survival of the fittest you're just an animal there's some species better than others is the foundation of racism and the dehumanization of humanity it's why Margaret Sanger was a Darwinist before she started Planned Parenthood you know it's just it boggles my mind that we teach that like it's something really important to know but we don't teach the truth that you're created in the image of God and that that unites humanity we don't teach that you have purpose in life because God is ordering life and God actually holds all life accountable. We don't teach any of that today. We just teach that life is meaningless. And then we're surprised when kids don't know what to do with their lives and feel empty. And then finally, here comes the statists who say, don't worry, we'll all bring it to a conclusion. To me, the freedom that comes in Jesus Christ and the person and work of Christ is not only more relevant, it's even more powerful today. He's the way, the truth, the life. He is the light of the world, and it shines even more brightly in darkness. So again, for, for Christians, this is the first liberty. It's an eternal uh, gift from God, and no earthly power can take it away. That's the good news. Don't fear those who can kill the body, says Jesus. You know, fear those who can kill the soul. Fear those who want to take away your spiritual heart and your relationship with God. Uh, this is a freedom that is offered by God. It's a gift, and that's why it's a thing that makes life worth living, people worth loving, righteousness worth pursuing at all costs, because faith in Jesus makes your life meaningful, because he's the God who created you. He's the God who redeems you, and when he directs your life, he knows better for you than what you can know for yourself. So the ultimate first freedom is by grace alone through faith in Jesus, and it's a Good Friday Easter thing. So why do we fight for this thing called constitutional freedoms? Well, you know, that's a good question. Uh, that's, that's a really good question, and the simple answer is because we want the freedom to share this good news publicly so that people you know can hear about God's ultimate freedom in Christ and they can hear it for themselves and believe and that's why that's one of the reasons why we're in washington dc you know i used to be the lutheran hour speaker which was our evangelism uh radio program since the 1930s at one time the, the the lutheran hour speaker walter meyer he was bigger than billy graham for those of you who know billy graham and uh and Graham was a big fan of his. And, in, and um, again, but just the whole point was is that I was part of that evangelism tradition. Why would I come to D.C.? Well, because I want to maintain the religious liberty protection so that all of us can be on the radio and so that you can hear this good news. And then you can check this good news out against other people's good news, and you can see the uniqueness of who this Jesus is. We defend religious liberty so you can hear about this message, period. We want to defend the sanctity of life so that you can hear and hopefully believe that your life is sacred from him, that your life has purpose. And we don't want the state to be the one that determines whether innocent human life is worthy of life or not. There's a foundational principle there that all of us should strive for. We want to defend the institution of marriage because marriage, like good government, is part of God's way of civilizing humanity. And right now we are living in an incivil and a vulgar world. And one of the reasons why is the literal destruction of the institution of the family. The family is bigger than your personal relationships. And we've got to get back to at least honoring the uniqueness of that. Now, you might have a different view of what marriage is, Uh, from what the Bible teaches, although I just want to let you know that it's not just the Bible that teaches this. This is something that other countries, other cultures say are the same thing. Um, What I definitely don't want is the state knuckling under the uniqueness of the institution of marriage. There's something unique about father, mother, child physiologically, sociologically, and if the politics gets involved at all, it should be to either undergird that or to get out of the whole marriage business, but we fight for that on the hill, and we also fight to defend your right to have educational freedom so that our children can grow up and know the moral framework, and even the gospel framework that frames all of our worldly knowledge and guides us how to put that worldly knowledge to work wisely. You know, The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So even on Easter Sunday, this is still the Liberty Action Alert, and, and we want to at least give thanks to God that we have the First Amendment freedoms to do what? To proclaim to you the eternal freedoms that you have in Jesus Christ. Both are precious. It's just that the eternal freedom, obviously, is the most precious of all. I said it this way, uh, July 4th. If you really understand what I'm saying, And even if you're not a Christian, I hope this is a provocative statement. Easter is more important for you than even the 4th of July. But thank God for July 4th's freedom to proclaim the truth of freedom that comes from Easter without fear of government coercion to the contrary. Yeah, we have a saying here at the LCRL that... uh, Two kingdom Christians, you know, people who understand God is at work. Two different ways to preserve and save the world. We're to put our temporal liberties to work, even though those things don't save us. But we put them to work so that we can proclaim freely the eternal liberties of Christ for all. That's a beautiful thing. And that's a blessing that we have. Now, the other reason why we fight for these things on the hill is that there are people who are trying to use government trying to use agencies of government to literally silence the church and drive even the gospel message from the public square. Now, they're starting with the moral teachings of the Bible. But, folks, if you think that you can preach the gospel without the Ten Commandments, you don't know the power of the law and how it serves the message of the gospel. I don't have time to get into that today, but the law shows us our sin or it curbs our outward unrighteousness, but it's the one that delivers us or opens us up for our need for the Savior. So if we don't fight for God's moral ordering voice in the world, uh, people won't hear the gospel at all either. And that's what people are um, literally trying to undermine through legislation. It's amazing. The, the biblical worldview has undergirded so much of our freedoms, and yet that's what's being attacked mercilessly on the hill. We've got to push back on that because ultimately it will begin to silence the church's public gospel voice too that's happening by the way it's, it's happening in western countries and we we had a bishop uh, johanna Pohila on our program and he was he was on trial for preaching biblical morality uh, and of course that biblical morality was in service to the good news of the gospel of forgiveness of sin for us all and he was threatened by the finnish government for being faithful to the Scripture. Uh, amazing. Um, It's called Ethnic Agitation Laws. And it was really just, you know, the sexual libertine laws now in the West being used to silence the church. And I say there's going to be secular blasphemy laws pretty soon. I I just saw this article, too, where in, in communist China now, they're making parents sign that they, they don't have any religion, that they're all good little atheists, and the children cannot go to school unless their parents sign the fact that they have no faith in God. Isn't that amazing? I can see some of that coming here if you don't, if you don't watch it, if you don't push back on it. What a terrible place it would be. And and like I said before, the founding fathers understood that religion and the church was fundamental to to individual liberty. And so, like I said, if you see that uh, we're becoming a less religious people, that means we're opening ourselves up for tyranny. There's just no doubt about it. So amidst this celebration, this Easter celebration of God's eternal liberty, we can be thankful that we have the temporal liberties that we have in this country. And so we agree with John Adams, one of our founding fathers, who reminds us that we have no government, he said, armed with the power capable of contending with human passions. Um, I think he meant sinful passions too, unbridled by morality and religion. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. So again, today we cherish both. But this is Easter Sunday, and this is not a Sunday to talk about religious liberty, because this is a Sunday to talk about the religious liberty's purpose, which is to hear the good news of a liberty that comes from God in Christ to you. It's a day, let me just say it this way. Holy week is a day, and I hope you went through holy week and you you began to realize, who is this Jesus? And then what is he doing on the cross? And then finally, what is the one who was crucified and now is risen? What does that mean for me? And at the end of the book of John, it says, these things are all written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. So today is a day to realize and to hear and thank God you can hear it freely. Um, there's a God in heaven who cares about you. This is the day to really think about Christmas, because this is Christmas come to fruition. This is God who who literally has left his tracks, his historical tracks of fulfilling his prophecies so that you can come to the point where you see that all of it was meant to come to fruition in Good Friday and Easter. Think about Good Friday today, why God himself is becoming the ultimate servant to be used as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then think about Easter, where the crucified one who's now arisen says to you, Because I live, you can live also. So God himself is sacrificed so that we can have his life as a gift. So Easter's about Christ's death, Christ's resurrection. It's about what God in Christ is doing. And that's why it's real hope. I don't know where you are in your your walk today, but it's about real hope in the midst of a hopeless world. Maybe things are going really well, or maybe circumstances could change, but you can have hope and joy and peace in the middle of both. Not because of circumstance, but because God is at work to preserve and to save you. It's about real faith and courage in a world full of fear. And I saw this in the pandemic, you know, the government came with a real power that made people truly afraid. And I kept saying, don't be afraid, still make your decisions in freedom, in love and in service, faithful to God and, and in love towards neighbor. Don't let the government to start to coerce you into thinking even how to struggle in pandemics. Because the Founding Fathers understood that that's what the whole purpose of the church was. You had to have a a legally uh, incorporated state, limited in nature, and then a a legally incorporated church because the church was the moral voice. It was the gospel voice, even, of the culture. And it was especially needed for times of crisis. Well, we've got a secular group of people who are trying to say exactly the opposite of that and trying to demean and diminish. Actually, the word is delegitimatize and dismiss. They're not even arguing. They're just saying you don't belong here. Well, I'm sorry, but not only do we belong, but we have a message that we pray even you will see as a message of good news for you. God doesn't just engage this world through the person and work of Jesus to make a sinful world a little bit better place. If that were the case, then government could solve some of our big problems. But the Bible says that our works cannot solve the big issues of life. That's why God had to send his son. And that's why the Ten Commandments, though they are God's word, they actually wind up x-raying us and showing us our need for a savior. And then he literally comes and brings a whole new world as a gift. And that's why the day is coming when what we know by faith, we will also see with our eyes and then we will see the new heavens and the new earth, the Bible says. So when Christ is the resource, when he is the guide, when he is the power, there is real hope for you and me, no matter the circumstance. I want to just share with you just an application of this Easter message today. Because that's one of the reasons we still are on the air, is to protect this ability to speak this. But then occasionally, I guess it's right to speak this so that everyone can hear. There is a real, St. Peter says there's a living hope that you have if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is the living Savior for you. And Paul says it this way in First Corinthians 15. He says, listen. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, then our faith in him is in vain, and we're the most miserable people on earth. But then he says, but indeed, Christ is risen from the dead, and he's the first fruits. He's kind of God's guarantor of of your future. So because he lives, you will live also. And God has been making promises and fulfilling promises, and that's really what the book of the Bible is all about. So you can have a hope in spite of your circumstance. And that's an Easter promise that God fulfills because there's veracity, capacity and tenacity that makes it so. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, let me just let me tell you a story. There's a story about a a very, very wealthy man and he went to a school. I think it was in East Harlem. And he was talking about how education helped him get where he was going, and he said how education was a huge thing if, if they wanted to, to live their life and that they needed to get a good education. So he did something that was kind of unheralded or unheard unheard of. He said, listen, if you stay in school and keep your grades up and you get into college, I will pay for your college. And he said it as a promise to every person in that classroom. Wow. Now, the odds were that most of these kids wouldn't even finish school, but something changed. Stay in school, I'll pay the tuition for every one of you. 90% of that class went on to graduate high school and college. Why? Because college was not wishful thinking. That's the way most people have hope that is what I call wishful thinking. They don't have any capacity, no veracity, and no tenacity that'll make make it true. But this was a promise that he could fulfill because it was built on a promise that he was telling the truth. He had the capacity to make it happen, and he had the tenacity to see it through. Well, if I understand the Easter message, and I think I do, uh, today you have something way more important than that. You have a solid eternal hope available to you because the very Savior of the world made you this promise. Because I live, you will live also. Now, who is the one promising you this? The one who is the way, the one who is the truth, the one who is the life. So he has the veracity. And God, is, God has demonstrated that his word is something you can count on. He has the capacity. He is God in human flesh. So when the, when God comes as a human, he can take your place. He's 100% human, the Bible says, and 100% God. blows my mind. I don't know how to explain it, but I can proclaim it. But if he's human, he can take my place. And if he's God, he can actually take upon himself the sins of the whole world and vanquish them as the Lamb of God. Wow. Because he had that eternal capacity. And then, of course, he has the tenacity to make it so. What's What's Psalm 23 say? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, God. You know, he's, he's this tenacious Lord who cares about us. Um, surely goodness and mercy God's grace if you will will follow us but actually the word says will chase us down God is tenacious with his love and that's a beautiful thing and so that's really what the Easter message is saying the tenacious God brought it all to fulfillment on the cross he said it is finished and Easter Sunday said and now it's for you amazing amazing And so this week, you know, I just wanted you to get a glimpse of that ultimate freedom. That's why we fight here. We fight to keep that free so that you can hear it for yourself. But our message at the Liberty Action Alert has always been for the purpose in service to making sure that you can hear that for yourself as well. In closing, I just leave you with this idea, this thought, the package of your ultimate freedom is right, right here, right now for you. Will you open it? by faith will you put your trust in the one who has done all things well for you the one who is christ the lord the one who is god in the flesh the one who we say today he is risen he is risen indeed that package of eternal freedom that cannot be taken away is here for you Uh, i was just thinking about uh, it was a super bowl sunday FedEx ran a commercial that spoofed the movie Castaway. Remember that? When Tom Hanks plays that FedEx worker, plane goes down, he's got a, you know, crashes, but he survives on a deserted island. And, and he starts to put to work some of the packages that were opened and he's looking in. But there's one package that had a particular sign on it and, and he just didn't want to open it. So he kept it. And that package, after the whole movie shows that he goes through all these, he tries to survive and then he finally tries to escape and, and he's rescued. And he wants to, you know, as a good FedEx delivery guy, he wants to deliver that package. And he wants to say to that person, that's the commitment of FedEx for you. (laughs) And then, but when he finally delivers the package, he just says to the person, if I might ask, um, uh, what was in that package after all? And so the spoof is this. She opens the package and shows him the contents, and she says, Oh, well, there was nothing really. It was just a satellite telephone, a global positioning device, a compass, a water purifier, and some seeds. Everything he needed to survive on the island, thrive, and be rescued. Well, that's the package that is available to you today in the person and work of the resurrected Lord. He, he had, a, you know, it, it's all there for you. And today you have the political and cultural freedom to open that package of Easter without fear for your life. You can do it in the quiet of your home or with friends in the community. What a beautiful thing indeed. So one last thought, religious liberty doesn't mean much if it doesn't find its ultimate foundation and message and motivation in the love of God because of God's redemption for humanity in Christ. And knowing God as the providential creator it's a beautiful thing and you don't have to be a christian to know that it's got temporal blessings it's foundational to a lot of our freedoms but knowing god as your loving redeemer your good friday easter lord well that has eternal blessings that no one can ever take away i pray that you have both today and thank you for the freedom to share it with you i'm greg seltz have a blessed easter in 2023 thanks for tuning in today to get to know our LCRLDC work better, check out our website at lcrlfreedom.org. Contained there are resources to empower your public square dynamic discipleship. Or check out our weekly Word from the Center opinion piece every Friday at facebook.com forward slash lcrlfreedom. Till next time, God bless you always. I'm Greg Seltz. Have a great week. You've been listening to Liberty Action Alert with Greg Seltz, Executive Director of the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty in Washington, D.C. This program has been brought to you by the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty.